Welcome to the Down and Dirty Podcast. I'm your host, Nathaniel Ernst, where we will be taking a deep dive into health and fitness so you can integrate it into your everyday life. My guest today is Joe Keery. Most of you know him as Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. This was a very special episode for me as I've been training Joe for the last six months and he went from being a client to being a close friend. I've had the opportunity to show him some of what Calgary has to offer over his time filming here. In this episode, we covered his fitness journey and how it's evolved over his time training with me. We also dove into his acting career from where he started to where he is now. He is a very kind and humble human, which I'm sure you'll gather from this conversation. Please enjoy getting to know Joe Keery. Hey, Joe. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Of course. It's a pleasure to have you. You've been here now for five and a half Can months. you believe it? I know. It flew by. Has it been five and a half? It's yeah. You came October, I believe October 10th was your first session. So I guess April 10th would be six, if my math is correct. Yeah. So it'd be pretty much six months from... Crazy. When you leave. Yeah. Flew Calgary, was, my home. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It's kind of sad to go, I got to say. It's weird to, I'm packing up and, and yeah. it's hard. And I guess you have to do that quite a bit with your, with your career. Yeah. Packing up and finding a new, I don't know, everything sort of. Yeah. Recalibrate, yeah. almost think of the next place as your new home for a little while. Yeah. The next one's only about like six weeks. So it'll be a little less. This felt like a real move, like I was moving to Calgary. Yeah. I feel pretty moved in here. Yeah. Well, Even I, moving out of this apartment is like crazy. And with this job, you've had a lot of free time. So you've kind of had an opportunity to go do fun things around Calgary. It's so true. let's start off talking just about, you know, what do you like about Calgary? The mountains probably is the best. I feel like also the community that you guys have at the gym, it's been great. Like right away, we went on that hike. You took me up to Kananaskis. That was really cool. It was a great way to see a lot of things kind of right away so got up to the mountains which was really good we went skating up there yeah that was a cool that was a cool that was fantastic that's something that not a lot of people get to do and yeah you know you grew up you said in boston yep you you played some hockey Mm -hmm. so you were good on a pair of skates that was insane yeah that was very cool you did the cold plunge yeah which was crazy it's really cool to be able to skate and the, the ice was it was pretty good when we went but to skate on pretty much crystal clear ice, see the water and sometimes the bottom of the lake underneath, the sun's shining and you just have mountains all around you. Little yeah. Bailey's hot chocolate. Yeah. To yeah. Top yeah it all our off. friend uh, Casey, she, uh, she made sure we were prepped for the Fantastic. day. We had a, she called it a cup of Joe. It was. <laughs> it was like a coffee. It was so tasty. Yeah. Coffee, yeah, that was fun. Bailey's. Yeah. And then that Nordic spa I went to a couple times. That was great. Stayed in Inglewood while I was here, and I loved the just that trail along the river that yeah, takes you in and out of town. East Village, mm-hmm, going up yeah. through there, and then you know, I think Prince Island, Princess, Prince's Island, Prince's Park, Island, yeah. yeah, yeah, beautiful spot. By so the nice. Way. And then even if you go past um, Inglewood, there's a great trail that goes past, like under the highway, and um, kind of south a little bit. That's really nice. Yeah, because you did a lot of walking and running while you were here. I did. Yeah. It was cold, but 
I was yeah. pretty proud of myself. Well, you know what? So you left a couple times. I did in the work. <laughs> and every time you left, it dropped to minus forty. And I was like, "What is he taking the weather with him?" I know. I, I'm so sorry. You text. You text me a screenshot every time you left, solely because it got cold. <laughs> yeah, that one time before Christmas, where it was negative what forty. Yeah. Yeah, that, I missed that one, which was... And that was the earliest it had ever pretty much gotten cold here. Normally, we get, you know, negative 40 sometime in yeah. January, early February, but it was like November. Yeah. November, December. It hasn't been terrible, though. It has not been terrible. No. I've enjoyed the cold. It's been... It's a dry cold, which we've talked about. Yeah. It's not as... If you're just bundled up and the sun is shining, it's cold, obviously. I mean, the worst was shooting outside and in the show, I'm wearing pretty much just like a fleece and a leather jacket. And I have, I guess I can say this, I have like a cast on my hand. So it was really difficult. I couldn't wear a glove. And I also couldn't put it in my pocket because I was wearing such a tight coat. So that was freezing. I had to like kind of shove it up in my shirt, you know, just stay warm. I mean, obviously there were warming jackets and stuff. But when you're outside and it's like negative 25 and you don't have a hat on, it's like, your ears are freezing. I don't know how people really do it all yeah. winter long, work outside. It's very, very difficult. Yeah, I think it just comes down to dressing for the weather. It's the same if you go running outside. You just have to dress for the weather. You obviously cover your ears, cover your hands, cover your feet, and then layer up. And that's that's the trick is layering up, having proper layers. It's like the Exposed 5K. Yeah. But except that was a nice day. That was Yeah, that was gorgeous. I think – Wait, three days before it was minus 42 with yeah. the wind chill. And then I came back and I brought the weather. Yeah, you and came then, back the yeah. day before and brought the weather with the good weather with you. <laughs> yeah. And it ended up, yeah, it must have been plus five in the sunlight. It's great. And yeah, it was a good time. And once you get moving, it's really not so bad. Some people get worried, but then they realize once they start moving outside, even if you don't have a shirt on, it's, you warm up pretty quick. Like we were sweating. I think you ran with. Jordan, I was sweating. My friend yeah, Jordan I was the whole time. sweating. Yeah, and he was just dripping. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw the center where the charity was called. What was the charity called? In from the cold. I think I saw there. Do they have a building downtown? Yeah, yeah. I saw their building. I ran past that the other day. Yeah, yeah great organization, running. and it's awesome to be able to support them with the run, and at the same time get people to challenge themselves. Because for a lot of people, running outside in the cold it scares them. And it's also so important. I feel like there's worldwide right now like a homelessness problem and calgary of all places would be a very difficult place to have that problem so that's supporting i feel you know organizations like that is extremely important and the people in the organization are just amazing as well i had one of the one of the people from the organization on the podcast his name's nathaniel actually and so he told us about him from the cold, what they do in the community, and they do so much for the community. It's it's amazing. How did you meet them? How did you get hooked up with? I actually, when I started the run, I did. I was just running out in the cold just to test out cold exposure and see what my body could do. Of course, you were. And then everyone was calling me crazy. For <laughs> of doing course. It. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to raise money for charity, and so I'd researched some charities in Calgary, and in from the cold obviously stood out. Gave them a call, asked them. You know, can I raise money for you guys? I don't know how to do that. And collected some donations. And I think I raised 4400 in the 10 days that I prepped. And I did 10K outside. It was minus 15, did 10K. And then the next year, my race director was like, and a client of mine, you, you met Anique. She was like, we should invite a lot of people or invite more people to do this with you. And I was like, nobody's going to do this with me. 
Surprise. She'd be like, you'd be surprised. So we organized a race and that's what happened. Yeah. And the first year was minus 38 with the wind chill. So you got lucky. We well, only had one cold year. That's dangerous almost. We had to have tents along the race route. Just in case. Yeah, heated with propane heaters. Of course. And it was a mandatory stop in the tent. Each runner had to stop. Even if it's for 10 seconds, stop in the tent, warm up a little bit, and then keep going. Because wow. that was the first year. And if somebody gets frostbite in the first year, you're not having a second year. Yeah. yeah. And every news station was there because there was nothing going on in Calgary. Yeah. with minus 38 so every news station was there so we're like we need to make sure that everyone is safe we had 19 runners show up it's a lot yeah it's yeah yeah i mean that's kind of what they do on set they just have tents everywhere with propane oh really tent. yeah for sure and i guess it depends where you yeah. film right because you're there's sometimes you're filming outside sometimes you're mm-hmm. filming inside yeah it's probably 50 50 on this job like there's a lot of exteriors that have to be done and yeah. a lot of things that are shot on location, which I think is great and probably is the reason why the show looks so great. I've been like a fan of it in the past and they shoot it in Calgary the first three seasons. When you watch the show, you can tell it's freezing out. Yeah. There are certain scenes in the first season where you're like, these people are not warm you, and you can't fake that. Like your face and the way that your body is. And, and they, reacts. They, yeah, yeah they just seem very cold. Well, so. and then you have to act too. It's great. It takes your mind right out of it because you're like, I got to get the hell out of here. I'm freezing. <laughs> let's get, <laughs> we, let's get, get this scene done. done. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, how we met. Sure. Yeah. So I had gotten an email randomly from a lady who ended up being the assistant producer. Mm-hmm. And she just emailed me and said, we're looking for a personal trainer. Can you send over a resume? And I get a lot of spam emails. I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah, okay. And, you know, I'll send her back an email just in case. And so I was like, okay, odd request. Here's my, you know, qualifications and a quick bio on me. And she said, or you sound like you'd be a perfect fit. And you look great. <laughs> <laughs> and you look like you'd be a perfect fit. <laughs> yeah, so she said, can you be available tomorrow at 3? My executive producer will call you. I was like, now this sounds even more scammy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Prince of Nigeria trying to give me $10 yeah, million. Okay, <laughs> sure. So I said, yes, I could be available. And lo and behold, I got a phone call from Kim Todd. And she said, I'm the executive producer of Fargo. And we are filming in town. And we have an actor that is looking for a personal trainer. And so she said, it's male in his 30s. I said, okay, yeah, yeah, no, I can be available. And she said, we want to make sure that you're available on weekends. So pretty much... If you want to train, I need to be available. I said, yeah, I can be available. And then she mentioned your name. And it was like quickly Googling it. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't recognize the name. <laughs> and then I saw Stranger Things. I'm like, oh, from Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah. And then it's funny because I now have these expectations mm. when you come in. I haven't trained an actor before. Mm-hmm. And so you, you have this expectation. You build up this expectation of who this person is based on how you've seen them on you know in movies on film sure you know i was a little bit nervous with you coming in i mean i feel the same to be honest with you because i'm working with john on this show yeah i feel the exact same way going into work and being like okay first day yeah you know working with john ham oh my god (laughs) because i was a fan of his show i was a fan of Mad Men. so very quickly though you find or i found with john just because also he's a nice guy he's just a normal dude he's just he's just just Hanging, a person. Like yeah. everyone else going to, going out to eat, coming to work, 
you know? And then you came in and I was like, you said, hey, I'm Joe. And I was like, oh, okay. He's a person. He's normal. Time to kick my ass. Yeah. yeah. The way that it was presented to me was I auditioned for the job and then kind of found out that I got the job. Noah sent me, we were sending images back to each other. I think I showed you some of these of some inspiration for the costume and the look because it was important to him and important to me as well. And all the guys that he was sending to me were like kind of these SWAT guys who were sort of just like a little larger than I was. So I was coming from a different job. So really quickly we had to kind of, we did a lot, especially in that first month. We were really. Well, you were training five, six we, days a week. Yeah. yeah. And we've probably, now we're maybe about like four to five maybe. But yeah, I mean, you definitely gave me the bug. I don't think I've ever trained so consistently. And I'm not somebody that grew up going to the gym a lot. I played sports and stuff, but I kind of fell off during high school and started doing theater and, you know, was kind of a theater nerd forever. So I didn't have that base knowledge of kind of the gym. Yeah. And what kind of what you should be doing. Yeah. What you should be doing, the mood, like how it should feel. But man, it is so important. It should really be, you know, not even like a heavy lifting thing, but there should be a much more comprehensive curriculum for young people when they're i don't know i would say even when they're 13 14 15 that's, junior high i think it's a yeah. well you're but that's when you start hitting you know. puberty right and you know those kids a lot of those kids are playing sports and even for the ones that aren't playing sports this is the vehicle that drives you it, through life and you yes. can upgrade the vehicle yeah and it, it doesn't matter if you're playing sports or not if you're kind of like using your body incorrectly or you kind of develop bad habits it can really affect you in every single way so yeah. i don't know for me so much of what you do is like functional yeah it seems that that's a big focus of yours and also maintenance yeah you know and rehabilitation for people who are injured or just learning how to use your body more economically and appropriately is a really important thing to learn and a good habit to develop because if you don't do that you're just gonna be crotchety by the time you're when you started, I was told that you need oh, to fill out a T-shirt Geriatric, better. I was just, <laughs> so I couldn't even walk. We, we started more with <laughs> compound, compound Tiny books. legs, tiny arms, <laughs> big belly. Well, hey, you know what? In Stranger <laughs> Things, you need to look like you're how old? Uh, I'm like 19. 19, in yeah. In that show, so. And you you're know. not 19. Surprise. <laughs> I am not. You know, it's funny. I had a couple of conversations <laughs> with people and mentioned your age and they're like, wait, he's 30? Yeah. And because they all assume you're young. Well, because you're 19 in the show. There you go. But yeah, and then we started doing compound lifts because again, I was told you need to fill out a t-shirt better. Right. And um, we were doing volume training, compound lifts, and you packed on some weight very quickly. Yeah, it's yeah. my 30-year-old self being like, <laughs> it's time to... <laughs> <laughs> and now you're going to go back my to body. Stranger yeah. Things and you're going to be like, oh 40. my God, <laughs> this guy looks like he's 40. <laughs> Hopefully not. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. And then we ended up having to transition and we started doing more functional stuff. Yeah. Uh, just because you were you were putting on size quite quick. There was no point in continuing that. Yeah. It didn't really make sense to have that continue for the next thing and then for for Stranger Things. It's hard. I mean, I think that's a cool part about the job is being able to change for different roles and it's something that i haven't really gotten a chance to do so for this this is kind of my first foray into doing that and it takes a lot of work it's a lot of commitment it yeah. takes a lot of work it's kind of like a full-time thing and 
obviously it's important to be consistent in the gym, but also the eating side of it is so important and something that I still have so much to learn about. So I feel like I'm just kind of scratching the surface on all this stuff and there's, you can go deep. Yeah. Yeah. And so now since you've been so consistent, this is probably the most consistent you've been with your exercise. Certainly. Yeah, certainly. So do you plan on continuing with that? Yeah, yeah. definitely. It, I think the hardest part is with the amount of travel for the job is making sure that you kind of have these you know, I'm about to move to a new city and I'm going to have to, you know, kind of figure out a new situation for myself. And once you develop these habits, it's, you want to continue, but you really have to kind of prioritize things, especially if you're moving around. So it's just about being heads up and, you know, having the interest to do it on my own. Well, especially in different countries, right? Like, yeah, sure, sure, if you're within the United States, it might be the same, like, you know, slightly different in each city. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, gym setups are the same. Yeah. And then you go somewhere like Italy mm -hmm. or Rome, and that is a completely different culture. Definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah, 100%. It's difficult. And also food stuff, too. I mean, food, I'm not complaining about that. The food over there is fantastic. And I arguably, I think it's way better than North America. I feel like whenever you talk to people about going over there, they're like, yeah, I ate pasta for six weeks and I lost 12 pounds. And <laughs> I look great and I feel good. It's because the flour is like, not bleached, I would imagine. Less processed. Less processed. Yeah. I think the water also, I think, is a little bit better. I think it's a lot more groundwater that's being yeah. consumed. Yeah. There. I don't know. So, yeah, I definitely plan on continuing because it's also just outside of the job. I'm just interested in living a long and healthy and happy life and a mobile life. Yeah. My grandmother was so mobile throughout her life and she lived into her 90s and was she had you know a little routine some exercises that she would do stayed consistent with it and you know just changes your quality of life i don't want to end up in a wheelchair or you know yeah and like it also that. expands what you can do just as a person like yeah. again we went out and we went to the climbing gym a couple times mm -hmm. and being able to climb something's Awesome. And I wish you would have been here in the summer. I could take you out on some rock. I know. But unfortunately, spring didn't come as early as I'd hoped. But yeah, just being able to, you know, go up for a hike, go for a skate, go for a climb and not have to think, oh, can I do that? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's important to keep your body moving well. And then as you age again, I always use the analogy, would you rather drive a Honda Civic through life or a Ferrari? Yeah, I feel like I'm driving like driving like an AMC Gremlin from <laughs> 1985. <laughs> it's like maybe kind of pukey green. <laughs> so i know you love food oh yeah and i know you've been to quite a few places in calgary mm -hmm. and one of my favorite places that i go for breakfast quite often with my friend sophie is the galaxy diner well 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 and i see you have a galaxy diner hat on right now well yes i surely do i love the galaxy diner i've been there I'm not going to brag. I'm not even going to overstate it. I've only been there three times, but I think the diner is the great export from North America to the rest of the world and is the thing that I always miss if I, you know, am lucky enough to leave the States or leave, you know, Canada. Whenever I come back, that's the thing that I really love to, you know, yeah. go and do is sit at the diner, drink 40 cups of coffee that are so weak it equals one and... Just get like a simple breakfast and 
you know, I love it. It's so great. And there, that's a very classic spot. It's kind of got the curved ceiling like a train car. Very small. Very small. Simple and, food done well. And there's a lineup outside. There's not a lot of people that can fit in that place. And mm-hmm. when you do go in, you're like squeezing past people. You are, yeah. And there's a lineup outside. Every time that I go, we have to wait. So there's usually five people outside. You go in, tell them we'd like a table. Mm. And they're like, yeah, it'll be probably 15, 20 minutes. You go take a little walk around downtown. Yeah, it's downtown. Uh, that area too. It's so nice. Yeah. There's a little skateboard shop, a little guitar shop. You can do yeah. all your stuff. Another, if we're talking food, another place that I'd love to go is uh, Shokunin or Shokuna. I don't know. It's like this, I guess it's kind of sushi and yakitori style Japanese and they do all this amazing meat over this open flame grill yeah. and it's so good and fantastic and my dude Anthony over there is always uh, taking care of me John took me for the first time and it's a place that I've gone to and they have a sister restaurant called Nupo which I've talked to you about yeah. that sushi place in the East Village which is also insane which is crazy actually the guy Darren who is the head chef there he gave me a couple tomorrow I'm going to bring you one he gave me some Wagyu beef that has been aged in this beeswax. So the moisture content leaves, but the size of the meat stays the same so they can still sell it for the same price. You got to take some of this beef. Okay. As a I've guy who- lo- Wagyu. You're going to freak out. <laughs> he gave me a piece of Wagyu before and I cooked it. And what I didn't realize is that the fat content and the marbleization of this meat is so high. I cooked it like a steak and tried to eat it just regular. It is so rich. You can't eat a whole- steak oh. you you have to share it with a friend so i'll give this to you and you cook it for you and a friend and serve it like i don't know like italian style just slice it up with some arugula oil salt and okay. it's fantastic i have to bring this for you tomorrow okay. i will do it Done. i don't yeah. think i can fly with a bunch of beef in yeah. my back that'd be for <laughs> no, open it up. <laughs> what the hell is this guy doing he's importing beef <laughs> but it's from japan this beef yeah. So. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I'd love to try it. So, you've got to experience Alberta beef while you're here. Yes, I have. What do you think? Fantastic. I've been eating, pro- I mean, because we've been working out also, I've been eating a lot of it. Yeah. Fantastic. It's what they're known for up here, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's something that I, you know, the mountains and beef. Yeah. Two things that I can't live without. We've been shooting down south of here and we're shooting either, I think the land that we're shooting is actually owned by a Hutterite colony. And they have a bunch of cows down there that were there when we started, but were kind of sent away for the winter. And man, they are cute. That is one thing that I didn't even think that you need to experience while you're here. Have you ever been to a Hutterite colony? No, never. never. Do you know what a Hutterite colony is? Kind of. Sort of know about it. I think from you and from people on set, you know. Yeah, so it's like this community and it's like a... It's like an Amish community similar to... Yeah, very similar to an Amish community. And it's all like enclosed. Like you yeah. don't really leave the colony. No Game Boy. No, no nothing. TikTok. No, no cell phone. No well, toasters. Yeah, I don't know if it's changed since then, but yeah. And they are extremely welcoming. So if you go oh, to cool. the colony and ask for a tour. So I used to work on the drilling rigs and there was always a lot of young Hutterite kids that would leave the colony and come work on the rigs. And I was working down in Lethbridge at the time and we would always drive past a Hutterite colony on the way to the rig. It was about an hour away. And there was two kids that worked on my crew that were from that colony. And so they said, you guys should all come to the colony one day. And so one, on one of our days off, they took us to the colony. And they gave us a tour of the colony, which is amazing. They had dinner for us. And it was this giant feast. And they just feed you. And everything's homemade. Everything. They got pickles there that are homemade. 
Everything you can think of is homemade. Their buns, their bread. The butter, I'm sure. Everything. Yeah. That's that's and fantastic. They, they fed you and they treated you like kings. And then when we left, they had a box of food for us with a whole bunch of vegetables in it. They had some beef in there. They had a couple cans of pickles. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Some sauerkraut. Mm. You know, I do appreciate like simple lifestyle. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool and simple pleasures of life. Yeah, but yeah, that's one thing. If you ever come back, we need to go to a hundred right colony. Yeah, I feel like I have a feeling that I probably will be back here. There's something there, I know that there's. They shot The Last of Us up here. Another friend of mine is working on another project right now here, and it seems like there's maybe five or six projects coming here. Yeah, I think Calgary's I trying to become more of a hub for the film industry just because of the different landscapes that are yeah. so close to Calgary. It reminds me of Georgia in that way where you can kind of be in the mountains or the forest or it can look like, a, you know, I mean, Calgary is pretty unique because it can look like a metropolitan city. It could be New York maybe even. And then it could also, you drive an hour and you, it could Mountains, like, yeah, prairie. It's crazy. It's, yeah. That's why I feel like a lot of people are coming here and, yeah, well, you have to come back. One thing for Stampede. I've heard about this. I went to that bar. What's the bar connected to the music? King Eddie. Have you been there? Oh, yeah. yeah. And they have the Rolling Stones bus, tour yeah. bus in there. And he was talking to me about that. That's like one of the oldest hotels in Calgary. I think so. Yeah. And they rebuilt it when they rebuilt that whole, whole museum. And they have that Rolling Stones tour bus, which is unbelievable. And we got to, I think his name was Evan. He took us in and we looked inside and... This was basically what they would do with this. It's kind of like what we're doing right now. The van itself was the brain, and they would drive it to different places in Europe. So they drove it to France. I know that Led Zeppelin used it. They recorded like when the levee breaks, one of the, you know, and they drove it up, and you can just run all the mics out of the van, mic up any place, anywhere. And then record. Oh, really? And that's how so they it's would use like it. It's a portable studio? It's a portable studio. And wow. it was like very famous in the 70s. And, you know, a lot of a lot of major bands recorded with this rig, which is very cool. And it's right there, right in Calgary. And it's like a massive piece of rock history. Yeah. Which oh, is crazy. Cool. I actually didn't even know that. It's worth checking out. Very much so. Yeah. And so you're into rock. I'm into rock yeah. and roll. <laughs> I love it. So you do make some music of your own as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like a nice when I'm unemployed. Yeah. You know, it's great when I don't have anything else going on. And also it's nice to have control over something from beginning to end. Yeah. Where in filming, because I'm an actor, that's been my position for the things that I've worked on. You show up and you do your thing, but you're really, you're just as equally as important as the lighting and the sound and the production design and so you're just one part of it one yeah. small part of this massive thing but you know for the music stuff i get to be kind of the director of the job i get yeah. to be in charge so i enjoy i enjoy that yeah oh cool yeah. and so you record your own music as well right? mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's just like bobby that i've done for a really long time and i think i'll just kind of continue to do it actually it's been really fantastic i know that we've kind of talked a little bit about this but like being up in Calgary and being in a really snowy climate and I've been kind of getting into different music and playing a lot, kind of coming back to playing a lot more acoustic guitar, which has been really fun. So it's been a really great place for me to just demo new ideas and kind of 
I've spent a lot of time, a lot of my downtime doing that and it feels very productive and yeah, with the good. amount that you travel, you're kind of immersed in each place and that can give you yeah. inspiration for your music. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Another thing that's actually been really funny is I have horrible cell service up here. <laughs> Terrible. I can't connect to the internet outside of my apartment. Well, to be honest, your phone looks like a brick. <laughs> yeah, it's a piece of shit. It's oh tiny. I, well, I'm iPhone 4, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically I can't connect to the internet. So I have to download. If I want to listen to music, I have to download it. So I've got all these albums downloaded, but it's been great because I've gotten to really know like all these records that I've downloaded and really listened to. And I think it's really easy to just kind of, you know, flip through stuff, not listen to the whole thing. So it's been great to kind of like get back into that. And the climate itself, it's kind of snowy and cold and cozy. I've been listening to uh, different stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's been, a, it's been a totally different experience, especially working in Rome in the fall and then coming here. I mean, it is two completely different places. You know, the climate is different. The history is different. The, you know, different people and both have been fantastic in different ways. It's, yeah, I've had a very fun year so far. Yeah. Or I guess, well, yeah. this year and last year too. Yeah. When did you start getting into acting? When did you find that you had a passion for it? When I was really little, I did, me and my little sisters would make these little videos where we would like basically and make. how old were you when you did this? Probably 10, maybe 10 or 11 actually. I was probably in fourth or fifth grade. So and is this just you mimicking Star other Wars. movies that you saw? Yeah, or and yeah, Indiana Jones and like those are the movies I grew up on. My dad had a camera and he had this editing software that he bought because he was doing this project and I was, I just started. I asked my dad, can I use the camera? Can we? So it's, yeah, I just, we kind of would make all these movies and I would make stuff for school and I mean, always interested in making videos and editing videos and, and doing theater stuff. As a little kid, I liked doing theater. Yeah. We did like a little yeah. theater camp when I was really little, probably like, not really little, probably about the same time. And then in high school, got really into theater, went to school and college didn't really get into a lot of places, but I did get into a place for theater. And that was kind of my only option that I had for college. And where I came from, there was no business that I was really aware of. So it was like kind of the only option oh, okay. for what I wanted to do. I wasn't like, I thought about maybe music stuff, but I wasn't proficient enough in any single instrument to really study music. I didn't think it was a hobby of mine, something I loved. But it didn't feel like I'd had the skill to, you know, audition for a place and get in based on my, the merit of my ability. Yeah. It was, I was fine with keeping that just the way that it was. So then went to school in Chicago at DePaul and went there for four years. And at the end of school, you do like a showcase. Most theater schools do a showcase where you go to New York and LA and then they do one in Chicago as well. So Nothing worked out in New York. Nothing really worked out in LA. Like the agents will come and they'll either call you or check your box. Like, yeah, I want to meet you or no, thanks. And I didn't really get any ticks that were convincing enough to make me move to either place. So I was like, well, I'm just going to stay in Chicago. I'll keep working my job and play music with this group I was playing with and just audition and it was a smart idea at the end of the day because it's a smaller community. I mean, it's similar to people who are in Calgary versus Toronto or Vancouver. You know, you get these shows like Fargo coming in 
and they need to hire local people for the show. You know, they're not going to bring everybody from out of town. So in Chicago, they have all these TV shows, Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, all these commercials, all these movies that come in, even Fargo shot season four there. And so I kind of like, that's how I sort of broke in doing these little bits. You're like, oh my God, I made, what? I get to do a cable company commercial and make 500 bucks for one day. This is the greatest day of my life. I'm in. And like, I'm going to make like, it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, bit by bit. And it builds confidence. And also, a huge part of it is just being in the right place at the right time, being lucky. So, Stranger Things was kind of my, I had done like a little indie film and I had done little bit parts on shows and commercials and then stranger things was one of the many tapes that i taped for you tape something and yep. send it in yeah correct and didn't hear back for a couple months maybe and then my sister got married and i actually found out right as i was coming back oh they want to meet you over skype so i met the two guys and nobody knew what the show was going to be i just knew it was a netflix show which i thought was great because i knew house of cards was on netflix and i liked that show and it was a like a reoccurring part it wasn't like i was a series regular which means you get paid to be in the whole show it was like you're in the first three episodes that we've written and you might be in more and but you're going to come so to me that was like what i get to come down to atlanta and shoot this Show. Yes. What so it's I'm not so just in. like one scene, you're in it. Yeah. There was like a little, like I knew there was going to be at least three episodes of me in it. And then. And what year was this? That was 2015. 2015. So, I'd graduated in 20, 2014. Yeah, I guess I graduated so in 2014. Yeah, not long after, about a year yeah. out of school. And so, before we move on with the Stranger Things, going into this, what was your idea of getting into acting? Was it like, Oh, I want to make it big. I want to be on these big shows. Was it, okay, this is a job and I just want to make a living doing it? Make a living, for yeah. sure. If I can just make a living doing that rather than make a living doing something else, I always knew that I I would be pretty bad if I had to show up, I think, at the same place every day. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that it's always yeah. changing and you're meeting new people. I like that a lot about the job. So if I didn't do that, I think I would be doing something else I don't know, my dad's an architect and I really like the idea. He What he does is he gets to work on a different project, you know, every day. He's working with different people on a different project. It's creative. In, yeah, and you get inspiration from yeah. different things and you watch it from the yeah. time of conception until it's Amazing. Built. Yeah, it's a very cool job. So, I wouldn't have the qualifications obviously to be an architect, but like maybe some sort of like construction thing would always, that that's very interesting to me. Yeah, I don't know. Something where it's maybe a little bit more hands-on, I, I enjoy. That's why I feel like it's probably so nice to do what you do because you also really get to see results happen right in front of your eyes with people and you get the, the satisfaction of helping people. Yeah, well, you, you get know? to see the the impact that it not only has, you know, just on their body, but how that translates to the rest of their life. Totally. So people come in at rock bottom and you, know, you set a goal with them, you accomplish that goal, you set another goal, you accomplish that. And then that kind of snowballs into the rest of their life. They build this confidence like, hey, I can set a goal. I can accomplish it. What can I do in other areas of my life? And how cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's- It's so selfless. It's really great. For me, it's the most rewarding thing. So it's almost selfish to me because it makes me feel so good. Mm. (laughs) Mm. 
Yeah. But yeah, so going back to Stranger Things, you you knew there was going to be three episodes. For me, I knew there'd be a, you know, there'd be a whole show and I'd be in three episodes of it. And remind me of the first, it's been a long time since I've seen the first season. Yeah, yeah. Your character at the start, wasn't it? So you're Stephen Harrington. Mm-hmm. And you had the hair. Didn't you have like a dirty stash? No, I didn't have no dirty stash. Oh, Not no. that came later. Oh, okay. I had a little dirty, <laughs> dirty stash going <laughs> later. Yeah, I was like kind of like the jerky boyfriend guy. So I, you know, kind of your typical 80s, like boyfriend kind of jock, you know, asshole. And then they kind of wrote me a nice little twist at the end where I come back and, you know, feel kind of bad about what I've done. And it was kind of their idea of turning that trope, I think, on on its head. So that was something the first season did really well is they kind of they introduced certain tropes as they do in those 80s, classic 80s films. And then they kind of subverted people's expectations, which is cool. And so. Did you film the first three episodes and then they were like, hey, we want you back? As that was unfolding, it was like we went down, we read the first two in a table read and it was really like my first time kind of like traveling sort of by, well, not like really traveling by myself. I was going back and forth to Chicago, but for work, we read the first two episodes and I really remember actually being like, man, I'm so lonely down in Atlanta because I left all my friends no family down there, really. I mean, I had I have some family down there, but just living at a hotel, being like, what do I do? Like, I'm shooting sometimes, but like, what do I do in between? In between? I have like a week off right now. Like, what do I do? I don't have any friends. I'm just like walking around. <laughs> All I, I guess that is lonely. Eh? Yeah, it can get very lonely. So if you don't know how to like handle that, or keep yourself busy, I think it can really be a huge shock to me. I love having people around. I have a big family. So so I know with Fargo here, you go out with the cast members quite a bit. Sure, yeah. Back then at Stranger Things, was that really a thing that you knew of? Like, hey, let's just invite the cast members to go out and we'll kind of become a little family for the season. Definitely with the people who were my age, Natalia and Charlie, but like, I don't know, the kids were like 11. Yeah, I guess. I'm going to be like, hey, you want to get a beer? <laughs> <laughs> and then David and Winona. I mean, it's like we were talking about with John Ham. You know, when I was when I was twenty three, meeting those two actors, I was extremely intimidated. Yeah, yeah. By meeting them, and I wasn't about to. I was pretty nervous. I wasn't about to say, "You want to go get a beer?" To the two of them. <laughs> Eventually, obviously, now we're now we're close. Um, but that was just you know. So a learning curve really as well. But as that unfolded, it was, you know, I learned, okay, now we're going to shoot episode four. Got the scripts for four. Got the script for five. Oh, I got a scene in four. Oh, I got a scene in five. And yeah, it just kind of snowballed that way. And we shot from like October of 2015. I left and got back to Chicago maybe in like February or March and went back and was living with my four roommates and mm-hmm. playing music. And then the show came out that summer. When did they decide to do the second season then? It was after the show came out. They saw that it did well and they were like, oh, well, I guess we got to do another one. Yeah. And so then I think maybe like November of, the, of 2016, we started working on the second one and I moved back down to Atlanta. And that was the year the Cubs, I think, won the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> and me and my dad, we road tripped down from Chicago together and I bought this, like I took my money from Stranger Things and I went on Craigslist 
I know. This is so fucked. I went on Craigslist and I needed a car. I didn't have a car. And so I bought this VW Golf. I wonder if this guy is listening. If you did, you sold me a fucking lemon. I paid like three grand for this car. And it was like a 2000 something VW Golf. And I drove it home and or to my apartment. Me and my dad packed the whole thing up. He flew out from Boston. We were going to road trip down. And we got probably about like 30 miles outside of Chicago. And the car just went, <laughs> died, side of the road. <laughs> and I didn't like, you know, I give this guy cash. Yeah. It's just an idiot, so, young yeah, kid. Finding him again. No. And so, we rented a car, drove down, and then started working on the second installment, which yeah. was exciting so it was very exciting because i was then a series regular i knew i was going to be in each i got upped and exciting to be like a working actor and not have to wait tables anymore yeah you know? so you're kind of like okay now i have a continuous job yeah it was like i kind of went i think i when i came back from the show i think i worked a little bit more and then when i found i was picked up i was like okay i think i'm good to yeah i'm gonna just have this and you know, just rely on this and you know hasn't hasn't dried up hopefully let's knock on wood there's no wood in here but <laughs> it's all padded we're in a we're in a we're in a mental <laughs> we're in a mental asylum <laughs> no it's really well, i'm sure the with the amount of hype that i've seen on the internet i'm sure the the fifth season will go just as well yeah i'm excited yeah, yeah i hope so i hope it just the thing that i really want is it to just make people happy and you know close it out the way that people want so i want to dive into a little bit about uh you going out into public sure okay so you know people have this idea of who you are in their head based on how they've seen you on film like you're steve harrington of course yeah so when you know young girls we went climbing a couple times mm -hmm. and you got recognized every time we went climbing mm -hmm. and some people come up and ask you for pictures and it's usually young girls mm -hmm. So they have this idea of who you are. Mm -hmm. How do you navigate that? You know, they know you, but you yeah. don't know them. And it, they feel yeah. like they really know you. It's true. <laughs> kind of a unique situation. The funniest one is when people say, hey, you look a lot like Steve Harrington. And I say, I get that a lot. And nobody, they don't ask. But they just say, so that you can tell that they maybe are thinking, but they don't know because they didn't ask. So that's always kind of a funny one because I don't want to be like, yes, you're correct. <laughs> yes, you're right. It's me. Ding, ding, ding. No. Everyone's always really nice. I mean, when it's kids, I mean, that's the coolest for me is when like kids come up and they're like, oh my God, that's like, that's fun. Because I, you know, when I was a little kid, there were certain, you know, characters that I loved. And if I had seen these, I mean, I, I just understand. And also as a fan of, people that I get to work with, you know, Jennifer Jason Lee and John and, you know, Juno Temple on the show. It's like, I'm also a fan of other people. I can, you can relate to them. I can yeah. definitely relate. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And it's definitely a thing that is now part of my life that wasn't before. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's bad. It's just really different and something that I, you know, have kind of gotten used to in a way. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, Casey said, my friend Casey that you met, she said, you have this coolest superpower. You literally can make people happy just by talking. To them. Yeah, that, it's a great way to put it, honestly. And if I can kind of just give that to somebody for five minutes, John's fantastic at that. We were walking to a Flames game. We parked downtown. We were just walking, me and him. And these two guys who were 
John's a huge hockey fan. These guys recognized John. They had no idea who I was, which was great. And they're like, oh my God, John, what do you think about the Flames this year, eh? And John was totally, the whole time, we, we were just probably talking with them for 25 minutes we were, <laughs> as we were walking, talking about the Blues, talking about, like, oh yeah, well, Blues are doing pretty good this year, eh? Talking to John and John. <laughs> <Canadian yeah>. accent, <laughs> hey? Ah, yeah, Blues. Yeah, that main guy, what a beauty. <laughs> and so... It's fun to see, like, I don't know, John sort of, he's got such a good sense of humor. And he's been, you know, kind of in the public eye for a really long time. So, still have that outlook is really cool. I don't know. People, nobody's coming up and saying, hey, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if people were saying that to me, maybe I'd be a little yeah. bit upset. But so far, it's pretty good. Oh, uh, yeah. good. Yeah, awesome. But I definitely do a little... Yeah. Disguise here. Yeah. Right? Well, you came to the run, you were wearing toque and sunglasses the whole time and half the people didn't even know yeah. you were there. If I just yeah. cover up my hair, yeah. I just look like a pretty yeah. average white guy, <laughs> you know? It's the hair that does it it's for sure. Truly, yeah. It's truly it. Yeah. Where do you go from here? You're headed to Italy. You're doing a project yep. there. Doing a project then, there. And then it's Stranger Things And then June. Stranger Things, I think, in June. I think I'm allowed to say that. I think so. Yeah. It's known that you're filming in June. It is? Yeah. Yeah, okay, it's all over the internet. Yeah. Okay, great, great. Yeah, great. don't worry. I'm I always try to dig into. Oh some man, detail, I always get so nervous. Yeah, that, no, it's that all over the get... internet, and there's predictions of what the show is going to be about. Right, and I get stuff pop up all right. on my feed right. all the time. Yeah, they, it's public knowledge that it's filming in June, and I think there's nothing known about what the show is going to be about. I've gotten some apps. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be good. Yeah, I think so. You heard it right here on the Down and Dirty podcast exclusively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there a point that you're going to take a break? I know you've been traveling. You know, you had the project in Italy, Rome before this. Mm -hmm. Then you came straight here. Mm -hmm. Then you're going straight back to Rome. Ciao. And then then you're going uh, back to Atlanta to film Stranger Things. Like, is there a break in sight? Do you get an opportunity just to relax for a while? I think while we're working, maybe there might be some downtime. In the nature of the show, it's a big ensemble show. So there's a lot of people shooting, a lot of different stuff. So there might be some time for me down in Atlanta. And I've got a good group of friends down there and then after that done i don't know how long that'll take but yeah i think i'll maybe take a little time with this music stuff i released a record in the fall and didn't get a chance to like do any touring or any shows so you know i really also would love to do that do a tour yeah do proper tour and so do you take a band with you when you do yeah. that yeah yeah it's like i Man. got a group of five guys Stop so Calgary. make I it know. part of your tour stampede <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> There you go. Yeah, we would be so lucky if Stampede would have us. No. But in the meantime, I think I'll just focus on recording music and then hopefully release another thing before we even tour and then maybe, I don't know. Yeah. So have, have, you, more done, have stuff. you done the tour thing yet? Oh, like very small stints, not like a full thing. But it would be fun to play like a proper stretch of shows because you get warmed up in a different way. And there's, you know, when you're playing kind of these one off shows, it's difficult because, you know, the infrastructure of putting a show together is not, I've learned, is difficult. You have to fly everybody out there, put everybody around all this stuff, I, get all this thing, design the show. It's like we've been doing a lot and kudos really to Adam Tyne, who's I work with on music stuff. You know, I think between the two of us, we, you know, to do it right, that's the way that I'd want to do it. We would want to do it right. I watched a YouTube video on the job of a tour manager. Oh, it's insane. It is insane the amount of logistics yeah. involved yeah. to 
you know, get the equipment for like the stage equipment, everything. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, to coordinate different people coming at different times, like, you know, food, setting up the stage. You yeah. hire a company to set everything up and then tear it down and then get people to the same location. Some people get flown, some people get bust, depending on who they are in the band. And I mean, that seems like a pretty high ranking sort of thing. We were kind of dogging it. We had like... <laughs> A van and bus. That and we sounds like, awesome. That <laughs> sounds I mean, like it, the way to do it. It was fantastic. And it was some of the most fun I've ever had. But it's also you want the consistency of the show to be good. So that is something that I would like to do. But that would not be a vacation. That would be a lot of work. So I'm happy right now to continue working. And as long as, you know, I guess I feel like very lucky to have projects to even work on and i feel like it's kind of crazy at this point to be doing this is the first time i've ever gone you know project to project to project so it's feel very fortunate to be able to do that so i think i'm gonna as long as i really have the energy to do it and don't feel like i'll be kind of you know sacrificing the quality or something of the project. If you're so beat that you can't do your best work, obviously, I think it's maybe you got to take a little bit of a break. But like, yeah, I mean, it's hard work, but I'm not working in a coal mine. You know, I got a really fun job that I enjoy. And it's, you know, there's a, there are certain things that are difficult about it, but there are so many privileges about it. Like I get to go to the great country of Julius Caesar, Italia, and eat Amatriciana for six months. And absolutely undo all the work that we've done on my body <laughs> and i'll come back portly so portly and fat so i know you don't really like being in the public eye too much you don't promote yourself a whole bunch you don't even have social media do you i ditched it a while ago i've been thinking like i don't know maybe it's stupid to not have one and i understand why it is good but i just i just waste so much fucking time on it when i had it excuse my french it's just so easy to like the compounding effect of like 30 minutes, one hour a day, you're taking like years off your life here, man. So, that's what happened. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously with touring with your band, you're going to have to promote yourself somehow. And so, you just hire a company for that? Well, I have a band Instagram that is run by like my music management company. And so, posts, I'll collaborate and be, you know, you know, when there's merch or something like there'll be a post about it, but it's just not good for me to have in my hands because then it's just like, Oh, look at all these ways you can cook an egg. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at this. It look can't... at all these cats. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> Another cat video. Cowboys can do that? You know, like all these crazy videos and I just get sucked. My attention span is like, I'm like a deer. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't. So, the self-promotion of it all is difficult though, I think. It's difficult to, I don't know, I just have trouble with it. I'm glad for the films. I'm not the one in charge of promoting it. Yeah. I don't want to be the one posting about it it feels like that's someone else's job to do it so and for the music stuff that's always been part of the thing that i liked about that i did put that on my instagram actually but something that i kind of i just sort of like to put it out and hopefully people are enjoying it and listening to it and i yeah i guess that's sort of my ethos is move on and get it out there and move on to the next thing yeah yeah, that's good. And yeah, it's nice that you, you know, get it out there and then you just go on to the next thing rather than obsessing about what you put out. And it's easy to do. People are listening to it. I, or I, yeah. What people think of it. It's Definitely. Just, no, I made this. I enjoyed making it. 
this is my work put yeah. it out there if you enjoy it awesome if you don't yeah i don't care i mean obviously i'm like attached to it it's like cool if people like it or you know it feels good mm-hmm. but yeah instagram man social media Whew. yeah it's f- so it's the wild west again i don't think human minds were prepared for that our brains just weren't prepared that you know you post something up and then you're looking to see if people liked it and to see how many people liked it and that can affect how you feel yeah i'm, I'm sure it's changing our brains oh for sure the little dopamine hit every yeah, time you see a sure. like or a comment or and yeah, it's it's a struggle because I obviously need to use it for my business. Of course. And you want engagement. Of so course. You're, you're looking to see how much engagement to see if you're posting the right things or the right information that's useful and valuable to people. Of course. But at the same time, you just don't want to get sucked in uh, to focusing on those numbers. It's really hard not to. Yeah. It's really, really hard not to. And it is a business tool, you know. Yeah. For so many people, it's a business tool. It's like a combination of the social business sort of thing that yeah it's interesting with you being at the gym it was tough for me to try and navigate like okay who do i tell yeah do do i have to keep this a secret do i you know i don't want joe's experience to be ruined by people knowing that he's here but obviously you know i'm surrounded by my community at the gym and we talk and we let people know and people see you in there yeah and it's like some people want pictures with you but i don't want to overstep bothering you to be like hey uh, this person wants a picture with you but you've been so good about that taking photos like charles's daughter oh uh, yeah well that was just awesome because for a lot of young girls you're their first crush (laughs) like you are steve harrington is a lot of girls first crush (laughs) crazy but yeah navigating that and not wanting to bother you but became apparent quite quickly that you know you're happy to just take a photo with somebody yeah yeah definitely especially like in I don't know. I feel like this community that you guys have kind of built here is fantastic. You guys have such a good thing going. We're very family. Yeah. The vibe is very family oriented. It feels very much like a safe place. So, you know, if it was, you know, if we were down at Planet Fitness at the Lunk Gym and yeah. uh, or like Johnny it, Muscles it, came yeah, up, it, it might it, be it, like, it, oh, that's good life fitness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't want to necessarily take 45 pictures every time you go to the gym but well i really appreciate you coming on the podcast thank you a little bit of your story i'm Uh, glad that we could do this after all this time working together and yeah yeah. it's been a real pleasure getting to know you over the last six months you are an extremely humble kind caring person likewise and i'm very grateful to be able to surround myself someone like you hopefully not the last time we get to do this yeah no i i think i think we'll definitely keep in touch i think so we want to bring you back think about the band tour here yeah stampede we'll get you lined up with somebody make sure this year nate sent me a really nice christmas card i don't know if anyone else got one out there but i got a great one so i gotta give you my address so that you can send me a christmas card next year (laughs) Done deal. Okay. Done deal. And uh, we'll dress you up in the the Canadian tuxedo when you when you come down for Easy. stampede. Easy jean jacket and jeans. Yeah, who's going to be the uh, maestro or whatever this year? Who's going to be? I wonder uh, honestly if next year John will be the uh, maestro. Oh, yeah, they'll probably ask him. They for might sure. ask him because this will. I think Fargo. I don't know. I think someone said it'll come out late twenty twenty three or something like that. So this year, so maybe by next summer, there'll be enough fervor. Maybe yeah. John. Well, maybe I'll Juno, lob- maybe. We'll, we'll create maybe. a lobby group for you. <laughs> for me. I want to be the chancellor of Chancellor Stampede. I could just picture you because at the beginning they have the whole 
beginning of Stampede, and the horses have the flags that run around with the horses and the flags. I can just picture you riding the, a horse, the front horse, yeah, riding, riding this flag, this denim Canadian on flag. denim, mustache, <laughs> nice cowboy a la, hat, a in one hand, yeah, cowboy hat. Actually, there's a Labats is that's no, that's Winnipeg. The, yeah, is it Winnipeg? Is, is that Winnipeg or Montreal? I actually don't know. I think Labats is. I don't know my beer that well. Calgary's all about craft beer. I'm trying to think of a Canadian beer. Well, there's Canadian. See, I'm kind of more of like a penny water beer, like yeah. stinky beer. I yeah. like simple. I used to, when I worked at that restaurant, I would drink like IPAs yeah. and craft beer. But I got to tell you, I got burned out. And that craft beer gets you really drunk. Yeah. And so I, I'm i like, it's if I have a Lagunitas IPA, See, I'm a, I bu- go I'm a Bud Light bed. and Clam kind of guy. If I exactly. do have a beer on a summer day, it's Bud Light. You ever have a Narragansett? You know that beer? No. Oh, that's a great Massachusetts. Like, that's a great beer. But there was a beer I had up here that I really liked, and it was a local beer. And it was just like a simple lager, and it was delicious. I had it actually at this place called the Potion Room, which is like this weird Harry Potter bar. In Oh, we were talking about this place in my neighborhood that I went to the other night. It was really good. Inglewood's been a good neighborhood. I'm sorry that I'm going off, but Inglewood's been great, man. No, that's great. Again, it's nice to hear what you have discovered about Calgary. But yeah, Inglewood is such a nice community. Yeah. You can walk around it. And it's kind of meant to be a community where you can just walk around. Yeah. And everything is within walking vicinity. Are there any other places that we should just like shout out while we're talking about? Oh, what about the Better Butcher? That's where I've been getting all my meat. Yeah. Better Butcher's close to here. They're really good. And they're always pretty nice to me. Yeah, and you've talked about that place a lot. That place yeah. is great. I've gotten some good ribeyes from there. South African, or sorry, safari meats. Yes, there's, the there's another. There's another South African meat place called South African Meat Shops. Yep. But the one close to us that we went to, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of biltong. Delicious. Uh, so I had to take Joe to safari meats and get some biltong. Biltong. The greatest thing ever. Like if, for the, if you like jerky, yeah, for you're the adventurous love jerky lover, biltong. You're gonna love it. It's not quite as solid it's almost moist it's like just it's, it's like a raw, rope yeah it's yeah. almost like a little bit more raw piece of meat you can get it a little more moist so it's yeah i like undercooked meat and so it's feel tongue's kind of that a little less dry yeah you can feel like you're in the streets of johannesburg yeah <laughs> delicious yeah wind waves yeah the one place that i wish i would have taken you to that i didn't get the chance was the loose moose theater Moose Moose, the comedy place you were talking about. Uh, improv. Improv, yeah. Improv, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Course, so it's course. one of my favorite places to go on a Saturday night. It's, yeah, just a bunch of actors that, that improvise and they play this game where they just come up with random stuff and the actors get drawn from a hat and they're just all in a scene together and they just have to make it up based on what the director tells them about well, the scene. that's just fun. And it is hilarious. Some of it is cringeworthy. Yeah. Some of it. Well, is listen. Like, to get the good parts, you gotta yeah. wade through about fifty minutes of cringe. But yeah. that's okay. Well, actually, that's what comedy is all about. You only get like one or two a night. That's like, ooh, it makes you a little uncomfortable for the for the actor on there. <laughs> but there are just some where if the one person's in the scene, you know it's going to be amazing. But if you ever come back, that's one place we'll have. I like another place that I feel like I should shout out is that place, Missy's. Have you gone there? No. This bar called Missy's. It's a great bar. It's like a very, they've just got good drinks, nice size. The size of the place is cool and the decoration is really cool. It's a great little spot that's worth checking out. And whereabouts is that? Man, it's on like, man, I think it's on 4th and so it's like downtown. 10th or something. Yeah, yeah something. I, it's also hidden. It's like above, it's almost in like a shopping mall little area and then above it 
I don't really know. Another thing about me is that since I've been here because of my phone that we talked about earlier, I don't have cell service, so I don't have maps. Oh, so you don't so really I, know. So I have to memorize. Know. Well, I don't use maps, so I have to memorize where I'm going. Like, I definitely oh, know my dri- way around. You're, you're driving too, but you have I'm to driving. memorize. <laughs> so, like, I'm like, I literally, it's like when I was 12 trying to go to a hockey game. Like, I look at a map quest before I, I like, <laughs> I print, like look at the map. <laughs> print it all. You like, got the foldable I, like, map in your vehicle. You pull over. I'm okay, like, I'm here okay, now. Okay, <laughs> I'm here. That's a one way. So many one ways in Calgary also. We should eat this donut. Yeah. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna work out after this podcast, people, and we're eating a donut right before. These donuts are amazing from Rosso. Yeah. Rosso. 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 Um, one of the best donuts that I've ever had. You know, this is a health and fitness podcast, and yeah. I feel like we have been talking about beer and donuts. Awesome. <laughs> but we're human. It's all about balance, right? The eighty twenty rule. The balance, balance of it all. I don't know. Everybody wants to look great. Everybody wants to feel really great, but also everybody wants to have a really nice time. Everybody wants to be social. Everybody wants to go out and I don't know, some people drink, some people don't, but you know, some people, everybody wants to indulge. Everybody wants to have that piece of cake and it really is about like the balance balance of life and being happy with kind of the work, you know, Mm -hmm. working towards something and not getting too frustrated with the results not being immediate. I know that I feel that way. Sure, it would be great to be, you know, strong and ripped and always stay that way. But I also want to live my life. You know, I want to go out and life is meant to have enjoy. a cheeseburger. You yeah. Know? It is. It really is meant to enjoy. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people, common misconception about me is I'm Nate fit. And so I'm the fittest person that they know mm-hmm. or the healthiest person that they know. And I do indulge. And, you know, I like to follow the 80-20 rule, eat good 80% of the time or be oh, healthy 80% of the time. Oh, I thought that was reversed. Oh, only 20%. Oh. Oh, shit. Oh, you got <laughs> that wrong, Joe. Uh-oh. <laughs> but yeah, it is important to enjoy your life. And if, you know, if you like a donut, if you like to indulge in something, uh, have your treats, but pick and choose when you have them. Yeah. 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 I also think social media, for me, it also turned into a little bit of that, like unreal expectations of my own body image. I should be this ripped. It's like most people, Instagram is really only, it's like a curated group of videos from people all over. It's not like a median of the world. It's a pretty specific thing. So not everybody, it seems when you're on social media that everyone is in amazing shape. Everyone's ripped. Everyone looks so great. Everyone is having such a good time. Except all you, <laughs> dude. Except you. <laughs> yeah. And it's, so, it's you know, really that wraps into it too. But only like to post the best parts of themselves. Of course. The best times that they're having. Who likes to post, oh, I went to this place and had a horrible time. Yeah. Or here's a picture of me. I feel horrible today. Yeah. I hardly slept. Yeah. Hey, didn't go out Saturday night, clogged the toilet, couldn't start the <laughs> oven, and threw up. <laughs> Tried to call my mom, but she was out with friends. You almost, you can get caught up in creating this image of yourself that you want other people to think of you too. Yeah. You know, and you're posting on Nate Fit. Like, I'm not going to post unhealthy things on there, but I should still educate people. Maybe you should have the- a week of unhealthy posts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I should do it every, you know, quarterly. Seven days of unhealthy posts. (laughs) But just to show people that, no, no, I'm human. You know, I do indulge. I do like certain foods. Like I love ice cream. Absolutely love ice cream. 
cold treats. I've seen you. I've seen you lift those weights, man. You've got a little bit of superhuman in you. <laughs> well, you got you got to feel your body properly. But yeah, again, yeah. balance is important. If you don't enjoy your life and you don't have things in it that you enjoy, whether that's food, whether that's you know something unhealthy, then what's the point? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, again, thanks for coming on the podcast, Joe. It's been an absolute pleasure to work with you for the last six months, and I look forward to seeing what you're uh, up to next. And and yeah, thank well, you for getting down and dirty with me. Of course, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to your shows to avoid missing the next one. If you have any questions about the topics covered, please feel free to reach out either through social media or via my website, nathanielearns.com. Thank you for your continued support. Stay healthy.